This is your host, Madeline Moon. <sighs> if this is your first time here, it's so great to have you with us. If this is your 322nd time here, it's so great to have you with us. Um, I'm going to give a little bit of uh, an inside scoop into where I'm at because it's been a while since I've updated that particular aspect and so much has shifted and changed. I'm currently recording this episode in my dear, dear friend's apartment in West Hollywood and I'm in a very nurturing space. It's been a while, I'll be honest with you, since I have felt truly nourished in a home and um, that all started in April when I went to live in Woodstock which was such a beautiful experience in so many ways but I was in an airstream and an airstream is like a tin spaceship <laughs> a very small tin spaceship I'm looking at my friend's kitchen right now and it is probably bigger than my Airstream was, her kitchen. It is pretty small. You can Google it and um, has a bed, has a bathroom and has a counter. So I had all the things I needed. <clears throat> Excuse me. And if you were following along my Instagram journey, you saw that I had what I was st staying in. I showed it often. But um, regardless, I did have my home, my home uh, I let go of that. I let go of my home and I spread my wings and I was um, traveling and, and ungrounded in that sense for a bit of time. I wasn't really traveling actually. I was in Woodstock, but I did that for a bit of time and then I was in a um, a house that my then time partner and I thought we were going to live in and then we broke up and then I came to LA and I've been in three different homes actually four different homes since landing here and i've been living in with this green suitcase this neon green hard-shelled suitcase for that long since april and um right now it's october 30th which is a friday and i will be moving into my la home either Sunday or Monday and I'm really ready I am um, beginning to I've I have been I would say for the last month I've been really stretched very stretched my I posted some photos on this but my skin was like I got this thing called perioral dermatitis on my skin just a bunch of bumps that just popped up I think that has a lot to do with moving from the very humid, moist air of Woodstock to the very dry air here. But 
it went, it was all, all underneath my mouth. I had tons of these little bumps and then I had these hives that came up on my face. And then I stepped on a a jellyfish and my foot swole up so big, huge. And, um, and then I got this big sty in my eye and I couldn't open my eye and, I have some digestion stuff going on, which is not a surprise because when we feel, when our bodies feel unsafe and restricted and tight, it shows up in our digestive tract. So I'm not as regular right now and that makes perfect sense because my body feels super ungrounded and unsafe and clenched, so to say. So things aren't like easy breezy beautiful. They're not flowing. My body's really like, are we safe? And I'm like, yeah, yes, yeah, you're you're safe. You're totally fine. But my body's like, I don't think so. And I'm like, okay, but you are like, I promise you. But um, it's just not happening. My body needs some time to know that. And so I have felt immensely stressed. I will be real with you. Very stressed. Um. In this this year, you know, this has been a very big year. I have created this beautiful platform, my group coaching program. It has about 200 women in it. And I do two calls in there per month. So I'm, I'm holding this beautiful group and teaching and leading this group twice a month. And I'm curating plans. Like my, my, my lessons are not things that I wing. I think about them all month long like the sisu society is constantly on my mind it's all i think about so i'm creating these plans and i'm um, reading all the posts in the group and i'm i'm caretaking and i'm nurturing it and i'm i'm holding it as well as my my uh one-on-one coaching i have some really incredible clients and everything that they're going through is really deep i mean this this year is a really deep year so I'm, I'm holding my one-on-one women very tenderly and very um, uh, with high regard, you know, and I have, I feel myself as a, as a coach changing. I am stepping into my own beliefs about things even more and more and more. This has been a really strong year for that of going from like, well, everything works. Let's just hold everything to be true to like really supporting and leading and growing in the directions that I feel, um, I feel passionate about, you know, projection free, still holding the container of what feels true to my clients, but also I feel myself stepping into a stronger leadership role for them. And really getting into the nitty gritty of not only their psyche, but like their life, what's happening in their life and how to shift that. And then there's been the podcasts and of course, um, my work with the Gene Keys and I've been writing this book and, um, you know, I've also lost my mother this year. She's, she's, she's alive, but she's not in my life. It's, um, been a very intense grieving process as well. And, Um, I have to slow down sometimes to remind myself of all that I am doing and remind myself and as a byproduct here I am reminding you that you have gone through a lot this year 
We have all gone through a lot this year. I didn't even mention the politics and the fear and the strife that's happening in our world, but my love, I I know things feel hard. I know things feel that they are moving fast and everything is on your shoulders, the weight, the worries, the decisions, but it's not going to last. We are going to get through this. I invite you to be so utterly gentle with yourself. So gentle. As I have just done of listing out all that I've gone through this year, I encourage you to do that too. What have you gone through this year? Even if you just pause this and speak out loud, um, moving through a breakup or going into relationship or... Um, finalizing a divorce or moving homes, moving cities, leaving a job, making a new job, writing a book, creating a song, letting go of a friendship, finding a new one, hurting, uh, breaking a bone or healing from chronic disease. Like what have you experienced this year? Or is it just pain? Is it the overlap of, of pain, the blanket? Or is it joy? Has it been beautiful? Has it been... You know, because this has also, for me, been one of the most amazing years of my life. It really has. I, I've experienced so much plant medicine. I have experienced so much ecstasy and joy. Um, I'm not saying ecstasy the drug. I'm just saying ecstasy a state of being. And I've been able to see the world and travel and have beautiful relationships and friendships. It's also been so tremendously beautiful. So vocalize those things listen to yourself share your story of what you've experienced this year I think it's really it's really helpful for me and I'm I have this podcast to uh, talk about it on so I get to hear very often oh wow yeah I'm doing a lot of things (laughs) I'm holding a lot of people and I'm also holding myself no wonder my digestion's a little off or I'm a little tired it makes sense and today um you know what, I'd actually love to read a review of the week. I haven't, I don't think I've read one in a while and I'm feeling called to. So before we go into today's juicy content, um, here's the review of the week. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Five stars by um, girl. Maddie, I've been listening to your show and engaging with you on Instagram for about two years now, and you've truly impacted me in a positive way. Thank you. The depth of your knowledge and your continual study and growth is inspiring. To watch and learn from your evolution has been and continues to be a gift. Keep sharing your light, which is sharing light and shadow. The world needs more of it. More of you. More love. Thank you. Thank you, Gem State Girl. So, so, so appreciate that. I'm soaking that in. That means the world to me. And I appreciate all of you who have left reviews. If you listen to the show, um, please know that the review is the way that it keeps my show being seen. And I believe it's easy after 322 episodes of a podcast for it to get a little buried, which I have experienced. And that's kind of disheartening, but I love doing this so much that I'm just going to keep doing it. So (laughs) if you want to support me as I just keep doing it, leaving a review, a five-star review is the best way. Um, to do so. I put so much into this and uh, it means a lot even just to get that very small but significant um, token of appreciation. It really does help the show. 
All right, so today I'm going to talk about something that's been on my mind, on my heart, and something that I firmly believe, and it may ruffle some feathers, it may not, but I'm going to wing it. We're just going to talk about this. Um, Okay, so I'm going to talk about the overlap between empathy, um, sorry, empaths and narcissists, and at first glance, they may feel and seem and sound very different from each other, polar opposites, in fact. And (laughs) that is what the light and the dark is. They are opposites of each other. They are normally two sides of the same coin. And I've noticed something about empaths that has irked me a bit, or I'll say self-proclaimed empaths that has irked me. So first off, how about we read the definition of empaths? Um, I don't have it. Okay. Empath definition. A person with the paranormal ability to apprehend the mental or emotional state of another individual. Empath. A person with the paranormal ability to apprehend the mental or emotional state of another individual. Okay, so let's just clarify paranormal, paranormal definition, Um, denoting events or phenomena such as telekinesis or clairvoyance that are beyond the scope of a normal scientific understanding. Um, and And the example sentence of that is a mystic who can prove he has paranormal powers. So an empath, a true empath, is someone who has paranormal powers to know the experiences of others, to feel and be in the experience of others. Now, I want to make it very clear, I am not a psychologist, I'm not a doctor, and I haven't researched this before. These are my own thoughts, my own, my perspective on it. I have received some interest in hearing about hearing more about this from my Instagram from all of you. So um, take it or leave it. If it doesn't resonate with you, I am not at all offended. Um, and I want you to make your own decisions about what resonates with you and what doesn't resonate with you. <clears throat> so a lot of you most likely consider yourself to be an empath. Why is that? Because we feel things deeply, many people. And the word empath has been tossed around so much right now. It's it's trendy to be an empath. It is um, a reason. It's like veganism in the way CrossFit was. It's like a, it's like something we can say. To one, get attention from people, to um, have somewhat of a, not an edge, but like, ooh, yeah, I'm an empath. I feel things so deeply. So if you see me crying in the room, it's because I'm processing all of y'all's shit. It's a way that we are getting attention. I'm not saying that's everyone's use of the word empath. That's why I read the definition first. There's an actual legitimate thing called being an empath where you are truly channeling the feelings and thoughts and emotions of another. It's a very deep thing, and often it's very sacred. People aren't talking about it in parties or in groups of people or in um, 
you know, big spaces when it's your one time to, to share in a sharing circle, it's, it's pretty sacred and it's to yourself and you know it, you don't need to talk about it so much. That's my perspective. Now, there's also a lot of people who feel things really deeply and I've used the word empath because finally there's a word that makes sense of it. And I get that. I'm one of them. I have called myself an empath and I might be an empath. I actually just don't know. What do we know anymore? Really, truly, I don't know anymore. Like when I'm talking sometimes and I'm teaching, I'm just like, what am I even saying? Do we, who do we believe? What, what is true? What is truth? So everything I say, please know that that's how I feel about it. I'm like, this is what I feel, but I don't know what's true anymore or not. This is just where I'm at. So I'm not shaming or blaming anyone that calls himself an empath. You very, you very well might be. I don't personally know you most likely. I'm not telling you you're not. So don't take it that way, please. And if you truly are an empath, then you shouldn't be offended by someone calling out people who aren't empaths. You should be so confident in who you are that you don't get triggered by that. My thoughts. So um, something I've noticed by from holding a lot of women's containers and also participating in a lot of women's containers is the use of this word empath. I'm an empath. I'm an empath. I'm an empath. Before I go even into the, the dangerous like narcissistic side of that that I've seen I want to talk about something else around being an empath that I I believe it can be a little disempowering and at first glance I imagine a lot of people feel empowered by it because it gives that really intensity that big intensity that they feel a, a label and we love labels. I'm pretty sure I had a whole podcast on this about how we love labels. We love to have some sort of like n- name tag on our body that says, I belong in this community. I belong in this group. It makes us feel special. The ego loves to feel special. There's nothing wrong about that. Um, so that's just a human thing that we do. We like having classifications for what we experience. We like to be a projector or we like to be a Scorpio or we like to be uh, a teacher or coach or a healer or an alchemist or an architect or whatever we're calling ourselves. We like having a thing that we get to put on and um, it makes us feel unique. It does. It sets us apart from others. I have this, yeah, all the time. I'm, I'm a business owner. I am a Leo. I am a dog owner. I am uh, I don't know. Like, of course, when I think of examples, I come up with these lame examples, but I have that. I have that for sure. And I have used empathy before by saying I am empathic because I do feel things intensely and deeply. But a pattern that I've noticed from doing these women's circles and groups is that calling yourself an empath can be just as helpful to have that kind of category that makes sense of how you feel things deeply and also incredibly disempowering incredibly disempowering I think it is if you're truly an empath you're doing most likely all of the self-care aftercare that comes with being a psychic that you need to do a lot of clearing but if you're feeling things deeply and perhaps you're not a true paranormal feeling empath and you just feel things deeply, by living by the story that you are an empath, it might be holding you back from fully claiming your feelings as your own. So instead of saying, I feel a lot of sadness, let me be responsible for holding that sadness, you get to say, 
I'm an empath. I feel a lot of sadness. I can't go out into big groups of people because there's just so much that other people are feeling. Or I can't handle the state of the world right now. Or I can't handle my girlfriends because they're feeling so much. Is it possible that maybe you're feeling a lot and that's it? Like you're just feeling a lot? You are feeling sad? You just don't know why? Is it possible that your friend triggers an emotion within you that you don't want to feel or you don't know how to feel or you even you haven't even thought that it could be yours you haven't even considered the possibility that it could be yours because you just labeled it as others now even if it's not true even if you are an empath I believe very strongly that just imagining that that's your own shit is powerful and responsible and empowering even if you are what if you just imagined you know instead of saying this is the room's emotion that I'm feeling I'm going to imagine it's my emotion that I'm feeling and I'm going to hold it and I'm going to be responsible for it and I'm going to be curious about it wonder where it came from I think you're alchemizing that emotion it's not helping the room by that by living by the story that your sadness or whatever you're feeling is someone else's it then goes along unprocessed you're not processing it the room might not be processing it who's processing it it's the brave soul who goes I'm gonna say it's mine I'm not even gonna talk about being an empath and how I feel other people's feelings I'm just gonna hold this That's how I imagine Mary Magdalene is, Mother Mary is. You know how much shit Mother Mary must have been feeling? What if Mother Mary was just walking around saying, I'm an empath, so I'm feeling other people's upset about Jesus, my son, instead of her just saying, I'm feeling affected. I'm feeling affected. I'm going to hold this. She was a soldier, She was a soldier, a warrior of emotion, a warrior of light. And I believe it's it's the monk. It's that monk energy, the devotion energy to be the silent warrior who feels the things and feel feels it fully and doesn't have to announce it to the room or make it a selling point. Because I think that's the shadow of empaths. I do. Or of, of, of thinking we're empaths. It's a shadow. It is a thing that makes us special. And, and again, no shame, no blame, nothing bad about that. I'm rather inviting in a curiosity of how often do we use this as a thing that's, that's trendy. And, and maybe it's an excuse for bypassing what we feel. Instead of slowing down and going, wow, I feel a lot right now, we go, wow, the room's feeling a lot. It, it, it just, um, it irks me a bit. It irks me. I've been in a lot of big groups where people, we have sharing circles and people will go around and they'll spend their entire time just talking about the energy of the collective in the room and how intense it is and how they almost needed to leave. And yeah, that's true. I have been in some ayahuasca circles where it was really fucking intense. And I was feeling a lot. I don't even know whose it was, but I was feeling a lot. But I adopted the, the idea that whatever I was feeling was mine to hold and mine to alchemize. It was my job to turn that, that water into wine. 
And I might be wrong, but I believe it's, it's teacher Matt Kahn who talks about this in some way. He talks about this around, um, it's our job as light workers to feel this stuff and to own it because every time we own it, especially our triggers, we are alchemizing that moment and it is a part of our job as light workers, dark workers, human beings to feel what we feel. And my wish for everybody is to bridge the gap between the initial moment of feeling and the moment of claiming it. And it doesn't take anything from you. That's the last thing I want to do is take from you your empathy, your empathicness. Um, we all, for the most part, not all of us, but most of us have empathy. We, we can feel what other people feel. But I have a belief and a suspicion that the proclaiming of being an empath can be self-absorbed of saying that you are an empath and you feel a lot and you feel emotions deeply going back to what I was saying earlier about it being an an attention grabber I have a belief that there are some people who proclaim to be empaths who are maybe not legally or um, um, psych- uh, psychologically officially diagnosed as narcissists, but I do think and believe there is an overlap between narcissism and people who are self-proclaimed empaths. And Why do I believe that? Because I have observed it. I have seen it. I have looked at people in my own life and on, (laughs) this is really sparked. The reason why I'm talking about this is, is, um, well, yes, and sparked from my own life, but also sparked from watching this year's The Bachelorette. I have done a couple of very long winded Instagram stories on this and, and, uh, I got like from my first share, I got 600 new followers overnight from my my explanation of what was happening in The Bachelorette of Claire. And I, <laughs> it's just really funny because normally I'm like, I'm going to just talk nice about people, but highlights and things I might just not agree with. And this time I was like, fuck no, I'm just going to share exactly what I think about Claire. And uh, it turns out to be kind of popular that I did that, which is super interesting. I was also a little worried for a moment that Claire would see it. And I was like, oh, I don't want to hurt anybody. But also, I really want to share what I'm thinking. And I watched uh, episode three um, the other day. And it just triggered the fuck out of me. I'm I'm sure I'm projecting onto her of who I think she is. But it really triggered me. Because it is the wounded feminine in broad daylight on the big screen. We are watching manipulation and victimization happen. Where she's creating the exact scenes that she wants to create. And then labeling it as um, 
being a strong independent woman and she's giving herself a license to stand up and act like a child and calling it a strong independent woman when actually she's probably creating PTSD in these boys and these men for them trying their hardest and she's already so set that she wants Dale to be her husband that she's creating dramatic scenes to make other men seem wrong for being there Instead of her just owning the fact that she likes Dale and wants to marry Dale and stop the show, she's creating these scenarios to where it looks to the outside world like she's being wronged or she's being betrayed or treated poorly when in reality she's being treated very well, exactly as she should be. And she's creating these moments to be incredibly dramatic so that Dale will walk in and save her, reaffirming this story that he is the one. I feel very passionate about it. I feel very angry about it. Um, It is the toxic, and I don't use that word lightly. I don't think you can probably say I've ever used that word, at least in the past two years on this podcast. But it is the toxic feminine. It is. She's hurting these men and she's making these men play this game, acting like they should play this game. When in reality, she's already chosen. She's already chosen who wins. She's already chosen in her mind who wins. And that's her, again, that's more of the feminine because the feminine goes, here's what, our, here's what I want to do. Here's what I want to do. I want to do this. I want to be there. I want to be here. The masculine goes, we have to be here. We have the structure. This is the form. When we have so much feminine, we let go of the form. And what Claire is doing is she has so much feminine, she's lacking the masculine, which is actually the strong, independent woman qualities that a strong woman has, strong woman has. A strong, independent woman does not get offended whenever men don't jump up fast enough to take her away for a date like she did. That's her feminine being pouty and upset and what I'm sorry if you haven't seen this. I'm I'm not I'm not going to talk about this for long. I promise. But if you have seen this, this is probably interesting to you. Um, I'll just give a I guess I'll give a little context. So in the first episode, um, she she sees this guy come out of the limo. His name is Dale, and she's obsessed with him. He walks away, and she goes, "I think I just met my husband." Very classic line. Very classic line that all of us have done at some point. The thing that's the difference is Clara's is 39 she's the oldest bachelorette and that is a selling point i believe for a lot of women who are excited to see that there is an older woman as the bachelorette myself included i'm very excited to see this i think it's about time what i found interesting about that moment though was that's what i did before i learned about how my projections on a crush are immature it's not bad I I still have crushes today and I realize when I have a crush how I project onto them. That's what crushes are. They are all the things we dream of them to be, we want them to be, and keeping that arm's length distance with a crush, even if we want to be close, even if we're physically close, we're making out with them, we don't know them quite yet and we like that deep down. Most of us like that because it gives us a license to have our projections. One of those projections for Claire is he's going to be my husband. That's a very big one. I think we've all had that. I met a man once and after our first date, I went home to my mom and I said, I met the man I'm going to marry. That's so fun. It's so fun because we hear about other women who have those experiences where they say, 
to their mom after a date, I'm going to marry that man. And they do. And we all deep down in our romantic spirit want to have that story. So we quickly jump the gun. We say that line so that when we get married, we can say we knew. You follow? So she does that and she automatically just goes so wild for this guy. And it's, 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 it's cringeworthy to watch as a viewer, at least for me, um, because I don't know, I'm probably projecting maybe my selfish ego is getting in the way here. And I want this to be like the reg- regular bachelorette where um, the whole nation can join in because that's what that's the structure of the bachelor. It's it's actually not all about the bachelorette or the bachelor it's about the entire nation and Claire is thinking that this truly is completely about her it's not about the nation it's not about the show it's all about Claire finding love and that's never the case with this show this show is always a show it's a contest it is as much as we like to think it is a journey for someone to find love it is more than that it is more than that person's crushes and who they want to marry. It is a entire nation joining in, especially during like the pandemic. Come on, can we have one thing that just goes the way it normally goes? Oh my God. And I know I sound like a bachelorette fanatic right now. I'm really not. I haven't watched the last season. I, I just feel strongly about this because we're watching the toxic feminine play out. And... The thing that's the toxic feminine, I'm not saying that it's her crush. I'm not saying that it's her saying she's going to marry this man. There's a few different toxic feminine things around this. One of them, which is leading into the topic of this podcast, is that she talks about in that first show that she's an empath. She's And, and someone uh, landed in my DMs and they said, I'm really fascinated by Claire and Dale's empathy bond they they're both empaths how do you think that's going to play out and my gut response was Claire is not an empath (laughs) she is not an empath she feels what she feels she does not feel what everybody else feels she feels what she feels this is the classic example of I'm not calling her a narcissist I'm really not that's not what I want to be doing but someone who is very in herself and herself I am a strong, independent woman archetype that she's creating these moments that are actually lacking compassion because she's, it's the post-feminist era where women are overarching their strong, independent woman archetype and actually bulldozing over kind-hearted men and the structure of a show or the structure of our life in pursuit to prove they are strong and independent. So therefore we end up lacking grace and we end up lacking compassion and we end up lacking empathy by even saying that I'm an empath and then using that as a way to one, gain attention and be seen as special and to um, have it as a, a trendy selling point and make yourself seem more feminine. It's really a, it's a charged topic for me because I've known people in my life who have called themselves an empath and would be fully obliterating, or sorry, I, I keep using, using the word obliterating lately when I mean demolishing, or bulldozing over other people's feelings because their feelings are so vast. 
It's okay to have vast feelings, but claim them as your own. Not the whole rooms or not that you're just a vessel for feeling a lot of feelings. Just say that is what you're feeling. You are feeling a lot. You like Dale. You like this man. You're not interested in the other guys. In this past episode, okay, for all of you not listening, I said that I'm not going to keep talking about it. I promise I'm not, but it's really valuable. I mean, maybe you should go watch it. There's only three episodes up um, by the time this airs, there'll be four, and I'm pretty sure it's going to be over. I'm pretty sure the, 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 the show's over after four episodes because she just couldn't handle the structure. Um, but in the most recent episode I watched, there is a man who she invited on a one-on-one date and she is already locked into who she wants to win. So think about that for a second. Think about in your life when you've really liked someone and you want to date them and then you go on a date with another person. Have you ever noticed something about your own energy that shifts where you're not quite that interested in that person anymore? So maybe you hold back. Maybe you look to pick a fight. Maybe you look to all of their quirks and weird things and then use that as a reason that they're not a fit for you anymore because they... um, smack their food in a certain way and you kind of look at them it's outwardly you blame them for it when in reality you're just looking for a reason to stop dating them so you can focus on the person you actually want to date that's a very like wounded feminine thing it's not straightforward the empowered feminine stance would be not to even go on that date with them and to let them know I have enjoyed my time with you but I have found someone else that I'm interested in Or if you go on that date with them, fully claim your own funny, feminine, uh, wishy-washy nature. Notice how you're trying to look for all the things about them you don't like and go, that's funny that I'm doing that. I'm I'm trying to not like this guy so that I can just give myself a license to date the other guy. That's funny. I do that. Instead of oh yeah, 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 he's really, yeah, he really is weird. I really don't like him actually. He's just acting funny. He's doing this, he's doing that, he's doing that. Notice that outward finger pointing that you might want to do because it feels safer, but it's not safer actually. The empowered, strong, independent woman thing to do would go, oh, I notice I really like this other guy and I don't want to put this man in front of me through hell. So I'm going to end it with him with love and with grace. Now, what I've seen from Claire has been the opposite of grace. It has not been grace. It has not been tenderly holding these men's hearts. For example, the guy she went on a one-on-one date with on the, in the green screen or whatever that room is that they go back to and they talk to share like their, their thoughts on a date or something. She's like, this guy, Zach, I I liked him before. He was really cute and had a lot of energy, but now he's just acting weird. No, Claire, you're acting weird because you don't like him anymore. You like Dale. But instead, finger pointing outward saying he's acting this way. And then she awkwardly, really quickly leaned in for a kiss to kiss him, which again, that's weird. Why would you do that if you're not interested in him again wounded feminine energy of like still locking in someone she's trying to kiss him even though she doesn't really like him it's just mixed signals y'all this is why men are confused go watch this just watch it this is why men are confused with us 
you can watch as plain as day why women are confusing when we're not doing our own inner masculine work when we're not learning how to be honest with ourselves so anyways i'm sorry i just keep going off she leans in to kiss him he doesn't kiss her back because he probably doesn't know what the fuck is happening she was acting weird all date and now she's leaning in really quickly and then when he doesn't lean in fast enough she goes oh wow okay and then walks away and then he's confused because wait what just happened so he grabs her arm and says what wait i want to kiss you wait why are you pulling away and then she doesn't say maturely what she was feeling the mature thing would be to say oh, I, I just, never mind, I, I leaned in to kiss you and you didn't lean in to kiss me and that hurt my feelings and I don't want to revisit it right now. Can we please talk about it later and just go our separate ways and get ready for dinner? Instead, she leans away, he leans in to kiss her and she goes, okay, wow, and then pulls away. He's confused, tries to get her to come back because he feels bad because he hurt her feelings, apparently. He doesn't know why. And she just keeps walking away and dismissing him. No, go away. No, no. Let's get ready for dinner. Go away. No, no, it's fine. It's fine. That is so immature. So immature. And not handling the situation with grace. And I'm not trying to shame or blame. Uh, Sometimes when we say that, it's kind of like we are. But I'm really not trying to point her out as doing anything wrong. She just did an interview saying she would take back nothing. So obviously she's proud of that and feels good about it. I just don't. That's not how we create a divine union. But 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 also like it's okay to fuck up. That's okay if she messed up. But my like we all do stuff like that. We all might lean in for a kiss and then have our feelings hurt that they don't kiss us fast enough and then then we just want to run away from the situation. The point is though to come back. The point is to come back and then and then explain what happened. That never happened, at least not on air. I know these shows aren't perfect and I really we're not not always transparent and I really don't care for the sake of this because this is real life stuff and that's why I'm so charged is because I've seen this exact thing happen in real life I've experienced things like this happening in real life that is not an empath an empath would feel what that dude was feeling of confusion like how does she not get that it's not empathy it's that she feels a lot she's very self-absorbed from what I've seen So honestly, I think watching this season's Bachelorette is a really wonderful character study to understand, um, even just understand why men are confused in in a lot of the more wounded feminine behavior. And it's a great way for us to also create compassion for men and compassion for our own you know, compassion for Claire as well, compassion for the part of us that acts like Claire, the part of us that acts um, so we get so excited about having a love that we just become consumed with them. And we don't know how to handle it. We don't know how to hold the structure, hold the structure of going on under uh, other dates, hold the structure of other people's hearts. I've had experiences like this recently, actually, where I've dated Uh, multiple people and not known how to keep everyone hold everyone's hearts equally at the same time I've held the person's heart that I like the most a little more and then the other person feels a little bit um, let go of or dropped and that's something I have to learn to do or I had to learn how to be honest and say look I can only hold one heart at a time so dating multiple people at once isn't for me
right? So that's part of my masculine saying, what is it that I can and can't handle? And then moving forward and taking action on that and being honest and putting words to my feelings. That moment for Clara when she pushed away that man who didn't kiss her fast enough, oh my God, um, that moment would have been so perfect for her to just be honest and say, oh, oh, I'm sorry, I just leaned in for a kiss and I realized I wasn't, I wasn't ready or I don't feel your heart or are you, do you like me? But the truth is, if he kissed her, she probably wouldn't have liked it either because she just wants Dale. She just wants the other man she's obsessed with and she probably, her subconscious probably leaned in to kiss him at that really awkward, weird moment because she knew he wouldn't kiss her back and she knew she'd be able to make a big deal out of it and therefore she knew she'd be able to not give him a rose. She set the scene up to perfectly lead into sending him home because that's all she wants is to send him home. She wants to send everybody home except for Dale. The the masculine in this situation in her should go, look, I can't handle this show anymore. Let's just be honest. I want Dale. That's it. But the higher masculine, <laughs> the divine masculine within her would go, look, I know what I want is Dale, but this is a whole nation's show. So we're going to stick with the structure of it instead of letting everything that we want completely bulldoze over everything. But at the end of the day, it makes for a great, very interesting, most dramatic season yet of The Bachelorette. That is for sure. I can honestly say that. So <clears throat> my, my worry is that a lot of us are like, I'm, I'm leaving the bachelorette conversation to be clear. That is closed. Now I'm going into the empathy and narcissism. I'm going back into that. Um, I am not, I'm not by any means saying that all people who call themselves empaths are narcissists or have narcissistic tendencies. I'm not saying that at all. Um, because like uh, Mary Magdalene was an empath. Mother Mary was an empath. They were feeling the feelings of others. I think all women are empaths. I think all men are empaths. Or maybe I won't say empaths because that's the paranormal aspect. I'll say that we're all, we're all deeply connected with empathy. Um, besides people who are diagnosed with narcissism. That's what makes a narcissist a narcissist actually. It is lacking empathy. And what I have seen, what I believe, is that there are a lot of narcissists out there who would be diagnosed with that borderline narcissism personality disorder who claim to be empaths because it is all about me. There is a very fine line between true empathy and empath of feeling things and the self-proclaimed, I feel so many things. Like, can you even see how that would be self-absorbed? Do you see that? And I, I point this out because I want us all to look at ourselves as why we use this empathy label and not to create a barrier to trust other humans, but also... I believe it's wise to slow down in how quickly we are to to trust people who are the self-proclaimed empaths, who are close to us. 
And I may be projecting here because I have someone I was raised with who um, considers themselves to be an empath. And it was actually, there's a lot of mindfuckery going on. And it's also part of the wounded feminine. The wounded feminine can be very manipulative on accident. Um, The wounded feminine can use her or his emotions to control others. Like, you made me feel this way and you're tearing me apart and um, when you don't do blah, 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 I feel... I am crushed and I'm destroyed and you spend all this time with your friends. You don't really care about me. Those are some things that the wounded feminine may say. And again, we we all do this. We all have a a feminine who can be um, a little manipulative at times. And that's okay. What what the goal is, is to learn from that. But I've, I've experienced that going way too far to the point of never apologizing, never owning her own flaws, never taking responsibility, and also self-proclaimed empath. And it's not empathy. True empathy is being able to let down the me, 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 the, the need for attention, the need for everyone to look at me, 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 the need for... Uh, pity from others, the need for anything. True empathy is being able to listen to everyone, to to hold what's true for you while you also humbly accept what's true for another. True empathy is being able to say, I, I hear that, I see that, I understand that, while also not having to agree. True empathy is being able to let other people cry in the sharing circle and talk about what they're feeling without you making it about yourself feeling what they're feeling too. Let them feel what they feel and then you feel what you feel. Take ownership and responsibility for what you feel. And just let other people have their own process and experience. You don't have to take it on. You don't have to carry it with you. And sure, it may feel intense. I've had a very intense emotional year. Um, and, and maybe I'm, maybe I'm not that. Um, uh, I, I am empathic, but maybe I don't absorb things the way other people do because I don't feel like I'm carrying the weight of the world, even though I, I've coached thousands of women. Um, so maybe I just don't know. Maybe I don't know. Maybe we don't know anything. But what I do know is that there is an overlap between narcissistic tendencies and empathy. I do know that for certain. Certainly not with everyone. It's certainly not with the majority. It's with a very select few. And it's the qualities around that that I I want people to acknowledge. And I also, one of the reasons why I stopped teaching human design was because I was getting I couldn't I could not handle the amount of people who were reflectors coming to me upset that they were reflectors. I just wanted to take them by the shoulders and shake them and be like what you feel is yours because a reflector in human design is someone who has all these open centers which basically means they take in the world and I hate that. I hate that story that people live by that that they're constantly taking in everything that 
the world has and all the lines are blurred and they're constantly carrying other people's emotions. I think that's so disempowering. And I believe it's a story that some people like because then they get to have the woe is me story. And they, instead of just claiming that they feel a lot, they get to hold on to the story that they can't do this, they can't do that, they can't handle this, they can't handle that. And my goal is is to help create a whole bunch of badass, strong, beautiful, sovereign, surrendered, open, loving women and and that means doing brave things and, and that that's partly why I named my group coaching program the Sisu Society. It means extraordinary determination and grit and that's what all of us have. Women, y'all I'm standing up. I'm like preaching right now. I'm so ah I'm like crawling out of my seat. Oh, okay, let me sit back down. <laughs> oh. Dear God, help me. I want, I want, that already sounds so selfish. We are made to be sensitive. We are made to feel. We are made to be exquisitely tender. We are made to feel the pain of others. I feel yours, you feel mine. We are made to do that. We are made to be affected by the world. We are made to be reflectors, all of us, and we are strong. We are given tools to walk away from situations that no longer serve us. We are empowered. We can get out of anything, out of toxic situations. We can leave toxic relationships. We are worthy of that. We are worry, worthy of equal love, love where we give it and receive it. We don't have to put up with this bullshit. We don't have to be manipulate, manipulated even though we will be. We don't have to stand for it. We can walk away. And if we are constantly living by the story that we're always feeling what other people feel, we'll never get to that point of taking responsibility for what we feel. And if we're not taking responsibility, we're not nearly as empowered as we can be. So even if you are an empath, what if you tried on the story that for today you're going to alchemize, you are going to turn that water into wine, you are going to recycle everything that comes in and you're going to put it out into the world pure, more beautiful, more light, more exquisite, more tender, more in devotion to God. What if that is our role? To take in things and put out better things. We can't do that if everything that we're being given is not ours. That's just my stance. All right. That was a lot. I'm interested in your feedback. <laughs> oh, I'm interested in your feedback. Oh boy. I hope this episode served you and that you're having a wonderful week and that you're going to have a wonderful rest of your week. I'm sending lots of love. I've been praying a lot these days, praying a lot in my sessions and um, doing a lot of kundalini and just breathing in every moment because every moment is intense because, I, because I'm feeling the state of the world constantly. <laughs> We have to have humor in this, y'all. I'm like sitting here talking about this and empaths and I totally feel like I'm feeling so much of the world and it's true. We can have two things be true at once. Uh, all right, this is a wrap for today's show. Would love to see you in the Sisu Society. I have a wonderful call 
planned for Friday, I'm going to be talking about um, prosperity and my prosperity practices and creating a heart-centered career. Um, that will be a really juicy call that we'll be doing. Again, there's two calls a month exclusively in this group. There's individual practices and teachings and lessons. You can read all about it at maddiemooncom forward slash sisu dash society. Sign up, cancel anytime, no commitments, but would love to have you join us. See you next week for another episode of the Mind Body Musings podcast. Mm-hmm.